Welcome to the Green Edge podcast with Michael Cross and me, Fraser Harper. This is our weekly roundup for the week ending 28th of October 2022. This week's post on the Green Edge is rather cryptically called The Cat Crept Into the Crypto, and in it we explore the exciting, to some at least, world of crypto assets and in particular blockchain. Now, blockchain gets a lot of mixed press, and on the negative side of the distributed ledger, a little insider blockchain joke there, it seems you can pick any small country at random and find someone who claims that it uses less energy in a year than mining for Bitcoin. But blockchain development moves on a pace, and now we have the so-called low-carbon blockchains like Tezos, the likes of which are being used to support some of the new types of sustainability project that we talk about in the post. But Michael, this is a pretty complex subject for people new to it to get their heads around. You're right. It is very complex. And one of the questions we've had all the way through it is trying to understand the scale of what's going on. You know, how big is it relative to the what what we might call as the normal economy around currencies? And I don't know, is it 5%, 10%? What's the rate of growth? We know there's a lot of activity. That's the, the one surefire thing. I think there's also the issue of the potential for sharp practice. You could almost use the word fraud coming into it as well, uh, particularly if it starts getting uh, combined with carbon offsets, which went through a difficult period when it was being, when there were people, sharp operators, tarnishing the use of carbon offsets, which probably will have a role as we move forward on net zero. I think that's true. Uh, In my research for this week's post, I looked in particular at the world of non-fungible tokens or NFTs, and I found one or two things that I have to say were a little alarming. Now, I'm speaking here in in the capacity of one of my sidelines as a musician, and I found one or two of the new blockchain-driven music sites that claim that this whole peer-to-peer thing means independent musicians can be paid directly without having to deal with the fat cats of the industry. That was pretty good, I thought. But when you dig a little deeper you find it might not be quite as frictionless as all that. For example, to earn crypto tokens on one site, you need to be verified by Twitter. And guess what? Twitter verification only applies to public figures, big brands, and larger corporations. So I think that illustrates something, Michael. It does. There are little barriers to entry there. But I think over time, competition and technology might win through. And a reminder that you can find this week's post on greenedge.substack.com. Let's stay with blockchain for a little while longer and get some perspectives from a couple of people who are working closely with blockchain in the sustainability projects we describe in this week's post. Recently, we've talked to a pair of Peters on the subject. Peter Henderson is the founder of the Sustainable Impact Trading Ecosystem, or SITE, which has a plan for developing a whole range of projects, starting with a new microalgae plant currently being built in Poland and aimed at renewable energy, food security and carbon capture. And Peter Cork is the founder of Sentry, which is building a new type of nature capital-backed financial product by purchasing the legal protection of at-risk forests and turning those forests into investable assets, producing carbon offsets which are used to fund forest stewardship as well as investor returns. First, let's hear from Pete Henderson. I would say that everybody should learn about cryptocurrency, everybody should learn about blockchain, everybody should understand the future of 
finance DeFi contracts is definitely going to be on chain, on blockchain, and it's going to be it's going to be the norm in years to come. So the sooner you learn about it, the better. And the easiest way to learn about it is to basically buy ten dollars of Bitcoin or Ethereum or some cryptocurrency, not because I think it's a good investment, just because I think if you buy it, you learn how to download a crypto wallet, a wallet, you then buy the cryptocurrency and now you've got a digital digital asset. And then once you've got a digital asset, you can learn to, to use it either by buying something or investing in something or sharing with it. Now, the reason why I say it's definitely the future is that blockchain just by its nature, takes the mystery out of complicated problems and makes it simpler. So when I looked at my business, I thought, how do I get multiple investors to easily invest and make a difference in our business, but at the same time have a record that is completely transparent and easy to visualize and reflect on what that impact is? So I looked at a different number of technologies from Hedera Hashgraph to Tezos, which I eventually decided to go on because their blockchain technology was environmentally friendly and eco-friendly to the environment because it wasn't using massive amounts of energy in order to reflect on the blockchain. So by basically having a normal business, whether you are buying and selling a flat or um, you are trading something or you're building an energy plant, by having the ability to buy and sell and trade shares on blockchain allows people to come in, interact, purchase, get involved, get all their reports on digital records, and then trade and sell their shares afterwards in a very easy way and and an easy to understand way. So I I think that although it's a little bit like witchcraft at the moment to many people, it's going to become easier and easier and the norm in the future. Now, at the beginning of that piece, Pete mentioned DeFi, which stands for Decentralized Finance. DeFi works through making contracts, known as smart contracts, on a blockchain. And one feature of smart contracts is that they can be tailored to hold lots of data. One example being, of course, an image embedded in an art, NFT. Peter Cork describes how this will work for his project, Sentry. We're using some new low-carbon blockchain technology under the hood to to do all of the the contracting and the the data that allows us to build those financial products. We create an entire digital ecological index of the forest, and the indexing method we use is uh, linked directly to tree age, hence our name, Sentry, Um, and each of the asset tokens that we're we're going to be creating represents 100 years of tree life. And one of the nice things about having both this very deep level of data about the forest that we're protecting and then individual investors having a direct link to specific areas of the forest is that we can create ways for individual investors to actually interact with the forest they protected with and see it and understand it. So, you know, if you purchase the protection of a number of centuries through us, you'll be able to visit the area of forest that you've actually protected in a virtual environment and also see how that forest evolves over time through updated satellite imagery, etc. So there's true provenance and traceability to these assets. You're not just owning some vanilla asset that's linked somehow to the protection of forest globally, you're actually partaking in the the protection of a specific area of forest.
Now, Michael, you have something exciting to tell us about a collaboration you've been working on. Yes, we've been working with IEMA, who are developing a green careers hub. And we've been providing data to look at green opportunities, and I'm using that in the most broad sense, at a regional level and also a sub-national level, i.e. Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland. And just looking at what is going on there to give people a flavour of the range of activities that people might want to be interested in before they engage in a longer-term sustainable career. And the website for the IEMA Green Careers Hub is greencareershub.com. And into November next week with a new crop of reports? Very much so. It's a bit of a bumper crop. Not only have reports have only just come out, but one or two others we found of particular use in terms of bits of related research we've been doing. And I think we might have up to 50 items listed for November the 1st. We've put some subheadings in there to direct people towards particular topics, but there is an increasing volume of very useful material, which uh, is great. I think it's going to help us move forward on this. And hopefully with our new new government in the UK, uh, the Green Jobs Delivery Group will become reinvigorated and there'll be new things going on there. It certainly looks like there'll be a very strong skills agenda being developed by the current new Secretary of State for Education, Gillian Keegan, who is an ex-apprentice, which is, makes her rather a rare beast in this world of education, which is good. But obviously Rishi Sunak seems to have a lot of very distinct and clear views about what might happen in education and the crossover with the vocational side. But we'll see. Something to look forward to. Yes. Thank you for listening to this Green Edge podcast. This podcast series accompanies the Green Edge newsletter, to which you can subscribe at greenedge.substack.com. The Green Edge is produced by Blue Mirror Insights.